Come on, put those hands together if you love him. Come on, put those hands together if you love him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise, Praise God. Clap your hands for the woman of God, the man of God, and say exit. The word of God says that he is not slack concerning you. He is a way maker, even if it looks like there is no way. If you will notice in the back, if you are between the ages of five to 10, we have a service for you uh, that is designed directly and specifically for you. Sister Yemi is leading the young people out now. If you're older than 10, amen, praise God. If you're not in that category, you stuck with me. But I think I got a word from the Lord this morning. Can we praise God for our internet streaming audience? God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you. Thank you for logging on this morning. Let's go to the word of the Lord, the book of Acts. I believe the Lord has given me something for you. My wife mentioned that we did everything that you're not supposed to do in the first year of marriage. We made all these big changes in life and God sustained us through it. I don't care what man writes in a book. I don't care what man diagnoses. I don't care what man says. God has the final say. And God does things unusual. Unless otherwise he wouldn't be God. He takes you a different course but he still gets you to that victory in that mountaintop because he's God. He doesn't have to do things like anybody else. He is God and God alone. And he say, if I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to pluck you out of Texas and I'm going to move you to North Carolina because I got to work for you there. And I'm going to do everything that looks odd and crazy to others, but I got a plan for you. So that's, that is the word of the Lord as, as kind of touching on what I'm, I'm going to be talking about. But the hand of the Lord is strong and mighty, and God is so wise, he's so wise, he's so wise. Once we settle in the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God, and how, how careful God considers everything that we are going through in our life, he carefully considers every situation that he puts us in, every situation he allows us to go through, he has carefully considered it, and carefully hand carved it just for you because somebody else next to you, though they may have the same blood type, they won't be able to do what you do and they wouldn't be able to survive what you survive and deal with what you deal with because the victory and the storm is made specifically for you because God's gonna get a different glory from you than he's gonna get from your neighbor. But ultimately, God is gonna get the glory out of your life. The glory, the glory out of your life. Acts 16, I feel the glory. It's been an unusual Sunday already because I know God is doing something. And the devil has been fighting, but God is in control. He was fighting you, telling you don't come. It ain't no needing you coming. It's a waste of time. Why are you doing that? But devil, we gonna keep going. In the name of the Lord, Acts 16 and verse 19, when you have it, say amen. Acts 16 and 19. And when her master saw 
that the hope of their gains were gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to obey, being Romans. And the multitude rose up against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into a prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, whom having received such a charge, thrust them into the inter-prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakened out of his sleep and seeing that the prison doors were open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they say, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Can you say amen? Let us pray. Father, in this moment we come now, Lord, humbly submitting ourselves to what it is you have to say to us, Lord. We submit ourselves to your will and to your word. We know, God, that, that you are sovereign and you reign. And there's nobody else like you, Lord. So after asking you this morning, Lord, that you would speak to us and speak through us. That you would say something, God, that would penetrate our spirit, penetrate our situation, penetrate our hearts. Do something today, God, that only you can do a supernatural move, a supernatural touch. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. I want to talk about being your own warden. Being your own warden. Two of my favorite movies in the world, um, my wife will testify to this. Two of my favorite movies is Shawshank Redemption. Uh, if you don't know what that is, that movie was made in the 90s. It's, a, it's really a guy's movie, so, you know, uh, my sisters may like it. Okay, there's some sisters that like it good, because generally when I name that around the sisters, they can't stand it, because we will watch it, I do, as if I've never seen it before. I turn it on. I don't care what part it is. I turn it on, I watch it just like I'd never seen it before, as if I don't know what's about to happen next. And my next movie that I, I really love and I will watch almost the, with the same excitement is Life. 
with Martin Lawrence and, and Eddie Murphy. Okay, I got a little bit more amen on that. And so in, in the movie Life and in the Shawshank Redemption, both, uh, both movies are really set around these individuals who, who made it their mission, though they're in prison for life. Both, of them, both sets are in prison for life. Their ultimate goal is to get out of the confinement they have found themselves in because they are both innocent parties who've been falsely accused. Now, I would say spoiler alert, but both movies have been out at least a good 20 years, so uh, I don't feel like I'm spoiling it now. You know, you kind of gave you a chance to watch it, you know, these last 20 years. <laughs> gave you a chance to catch up. So both movies, these individuals, are locked up and confound in this place physically, but they never really settle on being locked up in this place physically because they always knew, due to their innocence, they did not belong in this system. They knew that due to their innocence, they always forever belonged out there. And so there were a myriad of escapes, failed escapes, uh, in both movies. And I'll, I won't tell you if they ever succeeded in getting out of there. I'll let you find that out. But Shawshank Redemption and life. Now, the bars that, the, the prisons that ensnare us nowadays may not be metal, it may not be made of concrete. The bars, that, the prisons that ensnare us now are situationally or mental, emotional. And so the thing that we're fighting now is not fighting necessarily a physical jail, but fighting the jail that nobody can see and you walk around as an inmate all day long and nobody knows it. The thing that we are fighting now is in between our two ears. Brought on by a myriad of things. It could be brought on by what's going on at work. It could be brought on by what's going on in the house, what's going on relationally, what's going on, what the doctor report said. It could be a myriad of things, but, but the reality is that most of us in this room are trapped in a cell that we have created ourselves, based on the circumstances that we have been dealt with. That makes sense? And so the struggle now is how do you get out of this prison that you have found yourself in? How do you get out of your own way? How do you, how do you find liberation that, that, that the preacher talks about? How do you find liberation 
that, that, that the songs sing about and we would turn the radio on and we hear songs about liberation and songs that I'm free and free indeed and, and it's going to be big and, and, and I have the victory. I got the V-I-T-C-O-R-Y. How do, you, how do you have it? I hear you singing about it. I hear everybody shouting about it. But how do I have it? Because I'm walking around with this chain and this ball on my leg, and I'm in this prison in this free world. Isn't that amazing? How many prisoners are walking around in the free world? It's incredible. If you will begin to unlock people's minds in this room, you would find that there are more people in this room who are trouble in their mind than trouble in their money, trouble in their relationships. It's just in the mind. And the enemy, what the enemy does is he constantly, constantly reminds you of all of the bad. And he never really reminds you of the good that you still have. He doesn't remind you that, Lord, the car is acting up. But somebody over here is saying, Lord, I need a car. Lord, I can't stand to go into this job tomorrow. Somebody over here is saying, I just wish I could get an answer back in at least one interview. Let me at least get my foot in the door. I know if I can at least get the interview. I know if I can talk to them. I know, I know my personality can win them over, but, but because they only see my name and they only see a resume, I don't even get a chance to get in that. And yet, you're hating the job you go to. Now, I'm not saying the, the, the feelings are not valid. But I am saying that we, that we can be putting ourselves in a prison that you hold the key to. You could be locking yourself up behind bars that nobody assigned you to. You can be locking yourself up behind a situation that if you really just talk to somebody else about it and stop holding it in, you would find freedom in letting it out. Side note, uh, brothers, I want you to uh, mark down, not tomorrow, but we're going to start a Monday morning prayer call every week and just start uh, just a 15-minute prayer call on Mondays, and it's just us to quickly come together and just pray together and, and just quickly share and just quickly build up the reservoir of, of the power and the strength of God with, within each other. We have to be our brother's keeper. Let my brother say amen. Amen, amen. that was a little weak, but it's fine. Amen. amen, all right, thank you. These prisons that we create for ourselves, why is that, why do we do that? Why do we create these prisons and never scream for help I'm totally off my notes. But the reason it, for that is because of one thing, fear. The real reason why we create these prisons is because of fear. Fear that if I told you how I really felt, you would see me differently. Fear that if I expressed to you that, yeah, I'm a man and 
and, and I'm strong and I'm supposed to, supposed to carry the weight of this house, but in reality, I feel like a little boy. If I told you that, then you would look at me the same. Fear that if I'm, if I'm this mighty warrior of God in front of everybody, but the reality is I'm scared to death. Fear that you would judge me for being human just like you. Fear. And fear is what keeps many of us locked up in this wall behind these bars. You're clinging that can because you're too afraid to get out of that prison that you created. Can you say amen? Paul and Silas here in this particular scripture, I won't be before you long. You know that, that uh, anytime a preacher says that, I never take it to the bank. But take this one to the bank. I won't be before, I won't be before you long. I, I always like to say that. Paul and Silas on their missionary trip to Europe, because the Lord has forbade them to go to Asia, Paul gets this vision to say, I want you to go. You should come to Macedonia on the, your, your missionary trips. And so... While they're in Macedonia, the state of Macedonia, they run into, um, in Philippi, they run into this rich lady named Lydia. Now, Lydia was a worshiper of God, and Lydia was a wealthy woman because she was known for creating these beautiful purple garments. And so she was a worshiper of God, but never really fully given herself over to God. And it's having this encounter with Paul that Paul and Silas that she she is now the, the Bible says the Lord opened her heart and now she has given herself fully to the Lord. And not only her, but her whole family got baptized. And now she is walking with the Lord. And I just wondered as I was reading that, how many people come in Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday? You drive down the street listening to your worship music. You put your quotes on social media, your Bible quotes, your, your quote of the week, your quote of the day, and you have a relationship with God, but haven't given yourself over to God. How many people, how many people, if we had to check the book right now, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life but you know all the gospel songs. How many people have really given themselves over to God? How many people have really said, Lord, I know this relationship is supposed to be a two-way street, and I've, I've been kind of lopsided and lapsing on my side, and I know who you are. I go to your house, I sing your songs, but it hadn't penetrated your heart so the, re the reality is, he look at you like, okay, who are you again? I haven't seen you in a while. I hear you singing that, but I mean, I, don't, I haven't seen you or really talked to you in a while. In fact, you talk more to me than you allow me to talk to you. You tell me about your issues, your problems, your situation, and you then go on to your next thing, but you're never silent enough to hear me rebuttal, retort, reply, 
dialogue. That's not prayer. That's you coming to a complaint uh, window and saying, I need this done, this done, this done, this done, and Lord, you know I need this done, and you know I need that done. Okay, what you want to eat? We go from one thing to another, and God said, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. How are you going to bring me this list of problems, this list of situations, and then you move on? You don't even honor me and give me the respect enough of just being silent and hearing what I got to say. You give me all these demands, and then you say, I'm listening and waiting on God. No. You gave all those demands to God, and then you walked off and you listening to other people. But you never take time and quietly listen to me. You want me to come in this big boom, boom, here I am. I'm right down this mountain and I'm going to shoot this beam of light and give you this answer. But sometimes my answer is in stillness and quietness. Sometimes my answer is that I'm going to put you beside still waters. I'm going to lay you down beside still waters. Why, why, would you, why would you just give me a, your whole list and give you what's on your heart but never quiet to hear what's on mine? It's a bit unfair. You want all the answers, but you never really talk to me. It's like, it's like if I was to call my wife and say, girl, this is what we need to do. We need this done, the laundry done, the, the car wash, the car needs to be washed, you know, school coming up, we need this tuition, we need to get these uniforms. How was your day? Okay, I love you. That's how it is. It's, you know how when you greet people and you, you talk to them and you walking in, you say, hey, how you doing? I'm doing okay, good, all right. Now, neither one of who's really listening? Y'all doing okay? How your mom and them? Okay, then. You don't even know what they said. They don't even know what you said. But is that how we do with God? Hey, God, okay, I need this by Friday. You know, you know where the rent to do. You know the Dropbox. You got my address. And God was like, well, I guess I'm doing okay, too. Thanks for asking. Thanks for checking on me. I'm okay. This Okay. They were on their way to the place to pray, Paul and Silas. And there was this little slave girl. This little slave girl who had been antagonizing them by saying, these men are men of God. And they're the ones who say, repent and you can be saved. And they kept, she kept saying it for days and days and days. And finally, Paul got irritated and rebuked her. And in fact, he rebuked the spirit and told the spirit to come out of the girl in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And I thought that was really strange. And I, and I wanted to do research why, if this girl is saying, she's saying that you're a man of God, she's saying that they're the ones who say that you can be saved, then why did you not respond, why'd you get sick of her, and why'd you cast the demon out? How is it a demon if it's saying you're, 
saying what, what, what you are. And the more I kept reading and kept researching, this girl was a fortune teller, right? She was known for that. In fact, the King James says she had a, king, a spirit of divination. So they knew that if they reply to her, then you're going to validate her by you responding. And I thought, how powerful that is. Even though she's saying the right thing, your response gave, gives her validation. And isn't that the way life is sometimes? The things you choose to respond to, you give validation to. You give validation to the person you reply to, to the person that's antagonizing to you. You responding to them. That's why the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. Because your responses means that I am powerful enough and I have enough authority to make you stop your course and respond to me. I still have that much power over you. Isn't that amazing that, that just because you turn your attention to it, it now feels like it's valid in your life. And now you should listen to everything I say because, you know, I still have the power because you turn your head when I say your name. Some stuff God said, stop giving it your attention. It's not worth it. It's not worth your attention. It's not worth you validating. Some stuff you just hear and keep moving. Some stuff you just need to keep moving. It's not worth you. I think I talked about that before. It's not worth you giving your attention to it, validating it, saying that it matters enough that I am going to change my focus from going forward to now turning around and re replying and responding to you. Let me get you straight. Let me get you in order. I can't do what God called me to do. I can't move forward because I got to respond to what you are saying, a person that I said doesn't matter, but obviously they do because I keep replying back. And so her master saw that she was no longer financially viable for them. They could no longer make any wages off of her because they cleaned the spirit out of her. So now she's of no longer use. And so now they get Paul and Silas drug into the courtyard and they say, they bring these men, they say these men should be brought up on charges because they have caused a great uproar in the city because they do things that, that we don't do and so we need to throw them in jail. And the magistrate says, okay, let's throw them in jail, let's beat them and let's throw them in jail because they caused an uproar doing the Lord's will. And how ironic is it that they, these men get beat up and thrown in jail for doing what God called them to do? How is it possible that I'm going through more hell now? I'm going through more mental anguish now. I'm going through more financial trouble now. I'm going through more relational trouble now. I'm going through more woes now that I'm doing what God called me to do. How is it possible 
that I'm doing your will and I get beat and thrown in jail. Am I the only one who ever felt like that? Like, Lord, I, surely, I, I know I didn't hear it right. Surely, surely this, is, this test is not for me because I'm serving you. I really am. I'm trying to serve you better. I'm reading your word. I'm getting up every morning. I'm sleepy. I'm tired. But I'm getting up every morning. I'm reading your word. I have my cup of coffee. We read your word together. We pray together. We walk around. I done fasted. I done, I done prayed. I done I went and spoke in tongue. I had the prophet speak to me. Now I don't know what to do, Lord. I had people anoint my head with all and I did all of that Lord and suddenly I'm still in this situation that I thought I would be eliminated from even having to go through this process because I am your servant but I, I have done so much for you that I've caused a ruckus and I threw things uh, I threw a whole city in chaos for your name's sake and, and I've cast out demons and people know me because of the work I've done for you. And I got so much power that I can just speak to a demon and the demon can flee. And yet and still I'm doing your work. And I'm getting beat up for it. How is that possible? It doesn't make sense. Because if I was out in the world... I wouldn't have to worry about getting beaten, thrown in jail. But now I'm doing your will, and I can barely keep my bills paid. How is that possible? How is that possible that I'm doing your will, and I have no good, solid relationships in my life? Nobody around me I can trust and hold on to but I'm doing your will. How is it possible that my mother and father and I, they don't even, we don't even get along now and I'm your servant and I'm getting scoffed at because you were supposed to be a man of God and look at you going through that trouble. You're supposed to be a woman of God. That's what you tell everybody. You're a mighty woman of God. But yet and still, I'm waiting on a call from the doctor. And I cringe every time the phone rings because I don't know, is it going to be that call that I really don't want to get? And I just tell myself, you might as well face the music. Stop avoiding it. And I'm wondering, God, how can I be so anointed and get beat and thrown in jail. How is that possible? I work for you. I serve you. I tell everybody about you. I walked away from my former life because of you. And here I am. Beat. In stocks, got these chains on my hands and my feet, and I'm serving you. Something in this equation don't match. 
I thought I would serve you and things would get better. I thought I would serve you and things would be better, easier. And I'm confused as to how I got here with you. Anybody else felt like that? Maybe I'm the only one. Maybe I'm the only one. Maybe I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that ever felt like that. But at midnight, here's the good part. I know people, we always, that's, that's, that's what you hear on a good revival. At midnight, mm, Paul and Silas pray. <laughs> but it was at midnight that they prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. This is what I want you to see. Midnight still looks the same as two minutes ago, 1158. But midnight is the beginning of a new day. And Paul and Silas said, I don't know what time they got thrown in jail. I don't know if they were there for hours. I don't know if they got there an hour ago. But they said, I am not going to go into a new day silently. I am not. I may be in these chains. I may be in these stocks. My whole body may be locked up. But the one thing you messed up and didn't do, you could not lock up my mouth. And you could not lock up my heart. And the devil, the place he couldn't get to you, is inside. And that's the one place he's been trying to get. He's been trying, he's been all over your mind, but he could not penetrate that heart because God had a border around that heart. And the Lord said, the reason why they began to sing and praise at midnight is they said, I don't care what happened the hours beforehand. I refuse to go into a new day being silent. I refuse to go into a new day with yesterday's bondage. My God, my God, I wish you would know how that, that I refuse. I may be locked up physically. I may be being tormented in my mind, but my heart and my spirit is clear that if God is for me, that's what you need to know. If God is for me, who? Look around. Who can be against you? If God is for you, I may be locked up. Look, yeah, I got chains on my feet. I got chains on my hands, but the one place I, I have no chain is in my heart. And the Bible says that they began to sing and pray so loud that the other prisoners heard them. And the Lord said, your breakthrough is in your praise. I hear your problems, but I never hear your praise. I hear what's going on at work, 
but I never hear your praise. I hear what's going on in your body, but I never hear your praise. I hear what's going on between you and him, but I never hear your praise. And the Bible says at midnight, they got to praying and singing so loud, other people got distracted and they heard it. When is the last time you came, became so thankful unto God? Other people had to ask you, who you talking to? I'm just talking to me and God. Sometimes she'll say, huh? Who you talking to? I'm just talking to my daddy. I'm just talking to my father. I'm walking around the house and I'm telling the devil I refuse to let you lock up my heart. And that is the focal point of this ministry. We are grateful hearts serving a great God. That's what the devil is afraid of. It's for that grateful heart to leak out. He wants to bind your hands up, bind your feet up. So you will also think that him binding my hands up, him binding my feet up, is him binding my heart up. But the devil is a lie. The devil cannot do that. And the reason why God responded is because their heart began to let out a sound that could not be ignored in the heavens. Oh, bless his high name. They will begin to release a sound that the heavens can't ignore. They begin to release a sound that made God stop what he's doing and say, I got to come get my son. I'm going to come get my daughter. She's releasing such a sound. It's not a shout. It's not a dance, but it's an overflow from a grateful heart. And the Lord said, when he begins to hear your grateful heart overflow, then you're going to hear a rumble. Then you're going to hear that rumble. Then you're going to hear that rumble. Then you're going to hear that rumble. And when he hears that overflow begin to come for you, then heaven is going to respond. I dare you to take 30 seconds and give God a praise in this place. Give God a praise in this place. Let me have a handheld. Give God a praise in this place. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him because heaven is about to respond on your behalf. Praise him. Pra Praise him, my God. Praise him. Heaven is about to respond. Praise him. I don't know what you've been tying up in. I don't know what the devil has been holding you in bondage, saying you will never get out of this. But the devil is a liar. Paul and Silas begin to praise God. And because God was familiar with their heart, God said, wait a minute, I got to come see about my children. And the Lord said, you've got to have a stubborn praise. A stubborn praise says, I don't care what it looks like on the outside. I don't care. I may be in this jail cell. It's rats running around here. It's dirty. It's filthy. It's stinky. I didn't know I was going to be in this cell. I didn't know I was going to be in these shackles. I can't move my hands. I can't move my feet. But one thing I can do is open my mouth. I got a stubborn praise. The stubborn praise is a praise the devil can't stop. The, the stubborn praise is a praise your situation can't stop. The stubborn praise is I praise God anyhow. 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 It doesn't look good, but I'm going to praise him anyhow. Things don't feel good, but I'm going to praise him anyhow. I've got to call a witness up. 
David said, I will bless the Lord when at all times. What? His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make a boast unto the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I came to tell you, if you get a stubborn praise, you're going to hear heaven respond. If you get a stubborn praise, you're going to hear heaven respond. The Lord said, call this message. You are your own warden because you are the one that's going to keep yourself in that prison. But the moment that he hears a stubborn praise, he's going to begin to shake the foundation. The foundation of the prison was shaken because these men had a stubborn praise. A stubborn praise and they begin the Bible says that the foundation begin to shake and I thought about that what is the foundation the foundation is that part of the house that you can't really see but you know it's there you can't see it but it has to work otherwise the house would collapse and the Lord told me to tell you, you can't see that I'm working on the foundation. I'm doing things you can't see, but I'm working from an undercover place. Oh, I'm working from an undercover place. I'm working from a place you can't even see. Remember the secret place I told you about? I'm working from the foundations. I'm shaking things up from the foundations. Because if I came and I just began to shake them from the door of the window, they could try to fight it and they could say something is happening. We need to secure the prisoners more. But he said, I'm shaking it from the foundation so nobody will be able to stop what I'm about to do in your life, my God. Nobody will be able to stop what I'm doing because I'm working undercover. I'm working underground. I'm working underneath. I'm doing something out of your eyesight. But my God, he said, you're going to be able to feel it, though you cannot see it. I don't think you, I think you missed it. They could feel the tremors. They could not see it. They couldn't see exactly what's happening. They could feel it. And the Lord said, you may not be able to see it, but you're going to feel it. I don't want you to see it. Because anybody that can see it can try to get the formula. But I want you to feel it. And the Bible says that the doors were open and their shackles came off because of the sound that they made. And heaven responded. That sounds familiar. Wait a minute. Where is that at? That, that sounds familiar. I, I, gotta, I have to go to the book of Luke. When the blind man was sitting by the wayside begging and he heard that Jesus was passing by and he said, son of man, son of David, have mercy on me. And they told him to be quiet, hold your peace, don't say nothing. But he cried a more, have mercy on me. And the Bible says Jesus stopped in his tracks and told the man, your faith has made thee whole. And I came to tell you, your faith has made thee whole. Your faith has shaken the prison doors open. Your faith, the stubborn 
tenacious faith and the praise that came from a grateful heart that said, God, I'm going to praise you anyhow. I don't know why I'm in this prison, but I'm going to praise you anyhow. I don't know why I'm locked up in this thing, but I'm going to praise you anyhow. I don't know why I'm taking this medication, but I'm going to praise you anyhow. I don't know why I'm having to reconsolidate my books, but I'll have to praise you anyhow. I'm going to praise you anyhow. It doesn't look good. It doesn't feel good. I don't like it, but I'm going to praise you anyway. And God said, when, you, when he has a grateful heart leaking out, then he is going to respond. He's going to respond. Here's the thing. Here's the caveat that I want you to remember. God is going to set you free. Free completely. Free totally in your mind, in your emotions, in your spirit. He's going to set you free. No more chains holding you. He's going to set you free. He's going to liberate you from the thing that's been tormenting you and saying you'll never get out of it. He's going to liberate you. I've been up practically since 3.30 this morning. I could hardly sleep. I went back and I laid back down and he just kept talking to me. He's going to liberate you. He's going to set you free. Here's the only caveat. They, they were free. The chains were off of their hands and their feet. And they could have walked out of that prison. But the guard who was guarding them almost killed himself because he thought they ran. He said, wait a minute, don't, don't do that. We're still here. And this man saw their confidence in God in a prison. How is it possible that you are this confident in God who allowed you to get beat, who allowed you to get shackled? How is it that you have this much confidence in a God who, put, who allowed you to get in this prison and yet you still sing his song? How is that possible? What must I do to be saved? Because I got to know this God that you're so bold to proclaim and you're so bold that you will mess a whole city up and get thrown in jail and get beat and yet despite it all you still sing his praises what must I do to be saved what must I do to know this God that you're so adamant about and the Lord said when you come out before you walk out of that prison completely, reach back and get somebody else. It is your duty as a free man, amen. It is your duty as a free woman to reach back and get somebody else out of that prison. It is your duty. The Lord said this deliverance is not selfish. It is not individualistic. You cannot walk out of that prison knowing that this person is about to kill themselves. And you had the answer the whole time. God said this deliverance is going to require you to reach back. We all preaching and we shout about the walls coming down and they were out. 
But this man almost died because of the freedom they were shouting about. And God said, you got to reach back and you got to do something to help other people. It is your duty. It is your duty. All the freedom you proclaiming, all the freedom and the goodness of the Lord that you're talking about, and nobody else around you knows this God you're talking about. Nobody knows him. Because you're keeping him insulated as if he's not enough. That man said, I'm so, I'm so enamored by, by you would go through all that trouble and still sing his praises. You would trust him like that. Got to know this God you're talking about. I gotta know it. And the Bible says this man repented and his whole house was saved. You don't know whose house you're saving by telling your testimony. You don't know whose house you're saving. I'm telling you, there's enough blood that was shed on the cross. You don't have to be selfish. The story you went through, it may have been embarrassing. It may have been at times humiliating, but you got to tell somebody else. You got to tell it. Somebody needs to know because you never know whose life you're going to save by them hearing what God did in your life. Enough with the selfishness. Enough with it. We're so busy trying to save ourselves from drowning that we're not even worried about these other people over here. You gotta save and help somebody else. One way you're gonna get back at the devil for even beating you and putting you in that prison is before you walk out, you grab another hand and say, you coming with me. I refuse to let you go down in what you were raised in. I refuse to let you go down in that. You coming out with me. That's what God is asking you to do. Reach back and grab somebody else and say, you coming up with me. You coming up with me. We're going to come up together. We're going to be strengthened together. These prison doors were open for us both. God did us a favor. We talked about favor. God did us a favor. Now I'm not going to be selfish and hold that back. Knowing that you need what I'm shouting about. You need what I've been dancing about. Amen. Let's, let's pray, Father. I thank you for loosening the bands that are around your sons and daughters' necks. I thank you for freeing them from the prisons that held them down. No longer bound. No more chains holding me. I am free. He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. I am free. Praise the Lord. I'm free. If you're free, clap your hands. Worship the Lord. Come on, celebrate his goodness. Celebrate him. Celebrate him. Oh, Lord, I'm free.
quickly, I'm going to ask that if you have your tithe or your offering, I'm going to ask that you would sow this, sow it into this moment. Come on up here, anniversary. That was a word for somebody that you are free. I'm going to walk in my freedom. I'm going to give in my freedom. I'm going to move in my freedom. I'm no longer going to be bound. I'm no longer going to be in these chains. I'm no longer going to be held captive to yesterday. I am free. My soul is resting. And you know what? It's just a blessing. Praise the Lord. I want to I'm going to consecrate the, the time of the offering in just a second but I'm going to just brag it just a little bit yesterday at the garden there was a we were out there and it was hot and we heard what sounded like a car accident and I heard it but it, it seemed far away and the next thing I know Elisa had ran over there and was checking on the people simply because she heard somebody may be in need. She's a RN. But a BSN. I got the, the terms wrong. N, there's a nursing on N. But just because you have a degree in something doesn't make you that. But out of her heart, she ran to see somebody in trouble. And I thought, that is the epitome of what I want Grateful Heart Church to yeah. be. We, we don't wait to see, oh, nobody called me. You heard the accident. Run to see. People in trouble, that's who we are. We're going to go serve. Serve our fellow man. Reach your hand back. And I thought, how ironic that that, that that would happen yesterday and the Lord gave me this today. That's who we are. That's who we're going to be as a church. We hear something and we respond. We see something, we respond. We're not going to wait and see what other churches are doing. We're not going to wait to see what other people are doing. No, we're going to respond. If there is a need that we can help address, we are going to respond. And I just celebrate you for having the heart that you have, having the calling you have, because that's a rarity. That's a rarity. That's a rarity. Those of us that will look gray, you know, a lot of us don't even do that no more. But we used to help people and, and call people and check on them. Yeah. And now these younger people, they don't do that. They so insulated and now they, they rather post them. Instead of helping somebody, they, they'll pull out a phone and record the video. And I'm thinking, put the video, put the phone down and help that person. This person is suffocating, but you want to get the likes and you want to go viral. I'd rather say I was a good person at the end of the day. I don't care about that. I don't, I don't care. And I know I, I'm, I'm going to do more on social media and I, I got to get out of my way. I'm telling you the honest to God truth. But when it comes to stuff like that, I'd rather know I was a good person and help them than, than capturing the video and capturing the footage giving clothes out. We give clothes out here but we, we giving people money and giving people jobs and opportunities and make connections and guess who we told? Nobody. 
Nobody. If you got to tell everybody about you helping, if you got to tell everybody, if you got to help me, don't. I'm good. I'll find another way. I don't need it. Because I'd rather you get your publicity somewhere else. I'd rather you do it out of a pure heart than you doing it hoping that I, I hope they repay me. I hope they say something. No. Pure heart. That's what God is after this in today's age. A pure heart. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. The pure in heart. That's what God is calling us back to. Be pure in our heart. Don't let the world change you because the world has evil motives. God is not the world. God is not the world. Just because what these people are doing, that's not God. They can have a cross on their shirt. That's not God. Carry the Bible all you want to, but that ain't God. This woman was possessed with a demon and still saying that these are men of God and still got the demon rebuked out of her. I do this every week. <laughs> Lift your seeds up to God because he still be talking. Because I'm, I'm, I'm upset and I'm concerned that if we don't reach back to these younger people and teach them that you, it is your duty and responsibility that woe be unto us that we die off and all of our children are left in this selfless world that only thing, the only connection they have is on Facebook and Instagram and they can't even talk to people face to face because you don't know how to have a real dialogue because you can unfriend somebody, block them, log them off and, and report that page and do all that kind of crazy stuff and cannot have an open, honest relationship with people and sometimes say, I'm sorry. Yeah. If you seize up to God, Father, we thank you for your blessed insurance. We thank you for the freedom and the liberation we have through you. We thank you that we are set free. We thank you, Lord. We are free because of you. And because we have that freedom, we're not going to reach back. We sow these seeds, God, because these seeds are going into good ground, Lord. That's going to help somebody else, Lord. That's going to help spread the word about Grateful Heart Church. Help spread the word about what you're doing here. Help us, God to be a blessing to our community. Thank you, Lord, for everybody that partners with this ministry, God. Online, in person, that partners with this ministry. They send seeds in all week long. They're partnering with this ministry, God. They're partnering with you. And I thank you, God, for press down, shaking together, running over, blessing to hit every person, God, in whatever way they need it, financially, emotionally, relationally, God, in their bodies, God. I thank you for supernatural healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, my wife and I, we're going to come down uh, and make sure we shake everybody's hands. I love to do it. I, I, I love you all um, very much. You all are, are our family. You all are our family. The Lord plucked us out of Dallas. We didn't have anybody here. And the Lord sent you to us and us to you. And so we ain't going to be that real nagging cousin that's real bad, but we cousins. And we, we friends. And, and, and you stuck with us. And we appreciate you and we honor you and we value you.
we take seriously standing up here being your pastor and your first lady if you haven't joined this church we'll, we'll be down we'll give you the right hand of fellowship but this is this is the place that God's going to do some amazing things because of you because you partner with this ministry because you come and you serve this ministry we go into the food bank don't know ministry four years four months old go to no food bank they most of the time trying to get you to give something we out there sweating back hurting I'm, I, I'm gonna get an elbow in the back tonight I'm telling you right now swear for God I have my back hurting and sweating I didn't see hair out there last night. I was looking for it. I, I had my hat on everything, hair. I was looking like the lawn man. But our heart is to give back. Our heart is to give back. Our heart is to give back. If you, if, if, our heart is to give back. I'm sorry. Sister Ward, come pray us out of service, please. And we'll see you Sunday. Check us. We're going to start doing some, dropping some stuff midweek midweek motivations and, and uh, we're going to start doing stuff and we're still working on a location for doing midweek service but God is doing something and God has favored this ministry and I ask God anybody who, who will partner with this ministry even if you partner with us in prayer I'm asking for a supernatural favor to hit your life because this is God's work this is the Lord's doing and it's mighty in our sight. God, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that at midnight you allow everything to be new. Help this to be our midnight, Lord. Every spoken and unspoken prayer, we just ask God that you just move right now in the name of Jesus, that you restore the strength of our pastor and first lady, that you restore the strength of everyone that hears my voice, that hears your voice, and that your word is stronger than any other voice that may be in their minds, in their emotions, in their bodies, in their spirits. God, we give this day back to you. We ask that you just have your way this week. Allow your word to be alive in our lives. Allow it to be powerful. Allow it to be effective until we meet again in Jesus' name. Amen.